are listening to the Marketing Masters Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Marketing Masters Podcast. I'm your host, DJ, and I'm joined by Eric. How's it going today, Eric? Going good. What's up? Hey, so uh, we're going to be talking marketing today like usual. Um, We've got an email to talk about. We've got a topic to discuss. Um, Before we get into that, though, we watched a movie recently um, we were talking about, and it had a it briefly touches on marketing here a little bit because there's some business stuff. It's not really about marketing, um, but it's a good movie. And we were just commenting off air how we don't think a lot of people may have seen this movie. It kind of might have snuck out, um, but it's based on a book, and uh, it's called Ready Player One. So if you if you haven't seen this, um, well, first off, did you like it, Eric? I I unexpectedly really loved it. I loved it, and and initially I thought it was going to be. A horrible kitty movie and it wasn't at all no in uh the book so it's based off a book from a writer i think over in texas uh, his name escapes me at the moment but i talk i mentioned his name and talk all about it on my other podcast half full reviews you can catch that podcast we talk movie reviews and tv shows and video games so if you're into that check it out eric has actually appeared on that show as well um and we have a whole episode on ready player one where we really delve into the book in the movie and everything about it um but yeah, I, I enjoyed it from the get-go. I had read the book before it came out, and I enjoyed the movie, and uh, everybody I know that I've showed it to has liked the movie so so far, so it's a pretty cool movie. I always like to explain it as like a Willy Wonka story. So there's... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But, but you have to, you have to um, start it off by saying that Spielberg did it. Right, so that's a big deal, you know? It's, it's a sci-fi yeah. movie, and Spielberg does a lot of that, so usually he does high, you know, really good quality work. He did the TV show Falling Skies, uh, quite a few years back as well. Did you ever watch yeah, that? I, yeah, I, I think I think what was really neat about about this movie is that it was just so well crafted. I mean, I don't I don't think there was a I don't think there was a scene that sh- that should have been cut. I think it was just so so incredibly crafted, and I think that's kind of his shtick. Yeah, it, it was good. It was good. So I guess a, just a, a really brief synopsis. Um, this the world has progressed to the point where it's kind of crappy everywhere and so people spend all their time in a virtual world called the oasis and the creator of that world dies and he leaves a video that says whoever finds his easter egg his hidden secret within this world will then inherit all of his stock and ownership of the company and essentially they'll be the richest person on the planet and have full control of this virtual world so it's a big deal kind of like Willy Wonka and control the fate of humanity because humanity is suffering and and these evil guys want to basically uh, you know take control of the company to make to make the world even more of a living hell. Right. Right. So yeah. So the story kind of follows the main character and his friends versus this evil company. You know that that's against them. And it's a it's a good story. Um, the the reason why we even brought it up on this because you're probably wondering at this point as we're talking about movies on a marketing podcast. But I mentioned how there was a funny joke in the film where the evil overlord the businessman is talking to his board of directors or whatever and trying to uh, sell them on the fact that why they need the the oasis or how much money they're going to make on this virtual world and and it it was really like what are you going to do with it once you gain complete control of it Mm -hmm. yeah and so he shows this thing on the screen where he takes up like 80 percent of the screen with advertisements flashing everywhere and trying to sell people stuff and popping up in their face and they make a joke about being able to do like 80% of the screen filled with ads in VR before it causes seizures. And I, 
that part exactly. that part is always it, it kind of cracks me up because it's kind of marketing related sales related it's you know it's it's a it's a joke and definitely something like taking it to the extreme we already see too many ads and pop-ups and side things all over the internet can you imagine like trying to be just walking around in a virtual world so it actually feels real to you and it's just all over your face you can't look anywhere without seeing an ad that'd be absolutely ridiculous the screen there's arrows and everything's glowing and moving and it's it's just so insane oh my gosh so the visual is just amazing yes another funny joke from the film that i i I always you know when they pan around the city and they show you the streets everybody's in a vr headset and so they can't see each other there's people outside but none of them can see each other because they're all plugged into this virtual world which is also kind of funny because if you think about it, people on their phones, it's kind of the same thing. People are sucked into their cell phones all the time, so much so that they're already kind of like in a VR world, almost. Totally, and, and there's garbage all over the streets and, and people live in squalid conditions and it's, and it's just like, you know, they, they just can't even be bothered to, to, to be connected to reality in any way. It's, it's really kind of depressing in that sense. Yes, yeah. And then of course the main character's not, you know, they don't really have the best life either, so. But it's it's a fun story. It's got a little love story in it. It's got some twists and stuff in it. Um, the book was outstanding. Um, the book is even more aimed for adults or older teens or adults. It's like not not a book I would give kids because it goes into some deeper uh, adult topics than the movie even did. So yeah, I, I think I think the point you're making about the, about that one scene is that it's just about how how horrible marketing can be and how horrible advertising can be. You know, kind of reminds me of Minority Report, that Tom Cruise movie from a few years ago, mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, you're walking down the street and, and they're just throwing ads in your face that are so directed at you, and and that's kind of scary, you know. I forgot about that, but you're right. Yeah, that that happened in uh, in Minority Report too. I like that movie. I think I own that movie on DVD. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyways, I'm a huge movie buff. I like movies, so you might hear me talk about them from time to time. Uh, even on this podcast. But if you enjoy hearing me talk about this kind of stuff or you want to hear about video games or see what other stuff we're into, just check out the Half Full Reviews podcast. We also have a website, halffullreviews.com. But enough about that. You guys are here to discuss marketing, and we've got some stuff to go over with you. So, Eric, if you want to start us off on that email you just got. um... Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this in previous uh, podcasts where we talk about buzzwords and... And internet stuff, how someone's always trying to sell you something and, and how it can be really hard to discern what's a valid message and what is just spam. So so it's like this ties into uh, why we brought up this movie and we're talking about it. But so I got an email and it said, I'll read it here real quick. It says, hi, I'm a reputation management specialist and I'm reaching out to see if you need help with your online reputation. Okay, so right off the bat, it's like, okay, here's another thing. Reputation management, what does that mean? Our services help you to get negative reviews removed, bury, delete bad reviews in search, in search engines, create appropriate responses, and get more positive reviews. Uh, I'm sure you already know how important good reviews are to your sales. Please let me know if you would like a free consultation of my services. I can tell you what service level I think would make the most sense for you and what the pricing would be. There's no pressure, and if it doesn't sound like something that you want, uh, but the consultation will be informative either way. Just let me know if you're interested. So it's like, uh, you know, I know that I'm bombarded with these emails all the time. And it's amazing because I run a digital marketing agency and we kind of provide these services. I know you mentioned that before, DJ. It's just kind of weird 
how we seem to be a magnet for that, you know? Yeah, it's it, it just shows you how much they don't pay attention, how random yeah. this is. It's like a telemarketer right. who has no idea who you are, knows nothing right. about your business. And why would you even want to work with someone like that? Yeah, well, and that, that's like the, you know, we, we have that attitude because we're the exact opposite. I mean, it's like, you know, we spend time to understand our clients so we can actually help them instead of just trying to sell some $500 a month plan to you that, that they, you know, that you start paying and then you forget about it and you forget that you even pay for it. And I think that's kind of the nature of it. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, it's like a good, good example of this is if I send an email, it's a cold email, like cold calling. I look at their website, I look at their social media, I Google search them, I learn a little bit about them, and then send them real recommendations, or not even. Sometimes I just introduce myself and let them know if, if they could use any of these services, but I at least look at what they're doing. In the same way as when I used to walk in places, um, and I'd print out flyers and cruise around town and walk in cold just and talk to businesses, I would stop, pull out my iPad, and pull up the business I was about to walk into and check them out because you kind of need to know a little something about the people that you're working with, you know, and even if they're the kind of person you want to work with um, or if they have a need for you. Um, and that's the difference between like these, like you're explaining, these people who just want to get you signed up and they hope you forget about it and they're not really looking to help your business as much as they are just get a huge influx of yeah. money. So I, I think this ties into another service that's often sold, which is lead generation. So when someone says, hey, I can make sure that you have qualified leads coming in to your, to your sales guys so you can go sell more stuff, whatever it is you happen to do. But it's like, I think this is a perfect example of that where some, uh, you know, some offshore agency figures out, hey, these guys do web, so therefore, you know, they want to get spam about reputation management or lead generation or, you know, fill in the blanks here. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think that a lot of this is just so automated that, you know, that's why that's why it, it doesn't resonate with me. And that's why it's easy for me to pick this out to say, uh, you know, this is spam. Now, lead generation to me, that's such a weird word because I don't I would I would tell you I don't sell that service. But at the same time, I would tell you that everything I do is lead generation. Well, not everything. Really? But a huge, no, right. So it's, I get that. Well, it's almost like a buzzword to me without, you know, without being one. It's kind of like a buzzword. And, but reputation management is something I have sold businesses before. Um, it's right. something that lots of times I do for businesses, you know, you know, just as a side, like lots, lots of times you're just doing it as good practice because you're working on their marketing. And this has to do with, you know, we can, we can discuss what reputation management is for a second in case anyone doesn't know, but that's basically monitoring your presence on the internet, whether it be reviews or it can be backlinks or it can be anything that your appearance, the way you show up places on business directories or on Google. Um, but lots of times people are talking about reviews. So getting bad yeah. reviews removed, getting good ones written, um, highlighting certain ones. Um, and so we can discuss this for a second, then we can jump over to lead generation or anything. We'll just see where this goes. Um, but uh, I don't know, what are your opinions on reputation management? How important do you think it is? Um, and have you had any weird experiences with it maybe? Oh, that's funny. So. Um, first off, reviews totally work. Reviews are valid. And it's like one of the first things we do when working with a local business is we, we uh, build a profile on Google My Business, which is a good place to start uh, because Google is so wired into search. Um, using their tool sets seems to be a no-brainer to do. It's, it, it can be a 
two to five hour exercise where we build out your Google My Business. And then and then reviews is is keenly connected to that because Google is a main source of reviews. So for, for several recent clients, uh, mostly like small business service-based clients, we have even incorporated Google reviews into your website. So right from your site, you can you can uh, solicit good reviews, you know, you can, the customers and the prospects who are looking at your site can see how you're already uh, rated and, and, it's, and it's very effective. Because I think when you're looking for something like it may be window tint, you know, or it may be new rain gutters, you know, whatever it might, you know, for your house, whatever it might happen to be, it might be landscaping, it, it might be one of a thousand services, you want to see how other people rate them. I think it's just a normal thing in search. Yeah, for sure. And and then also when you're looking at reviews, just as an aside here, you obviously see how many reviews they have. So don't get caught up in the fact that they're five-star rated. Could have been just their mother and their best friend. Um, make sure they have lots of other reviews. And I always go and look at the worst reviews. Um, but that, That's funny. I do too. It's Yeah. But mo even more importantly, I think my favorite ones to look at are the four and the three-star reviews. Because I think those people are, like, I like to see what's the worst, go check out one. I like to see what's the best, but then I like to go into threes and fours because those people are actually giving real opinions, I feel. They're like, they like it enough that they didn't rate it bad, but they are going to tell you the problems they found with it. Yeah, something bad happened that wasn't bad enough for them to not like you or appreciate the service, but yet they're trying, I think they're they're reaching out, trying to help you to improve the way you, you deliver services and products. Yeah, I think honestly that's not bad, and I wish reviews. It's it's crazy because people they do this fake reviews and stuff, and then they inflate themselves with all these fake reviews, or they just tell people to rate them five stars. And as much as that makes it seem good, like if we were trying to treat this system as something that actually worked properly, people should be leaving two, three, and four star reviews with appropriate feedback, because then we could actually know it would help the business, like you're saying, understand wow. and get feedback and. It's just more honest than someone saying, great service, five star. It doesn't really give us any details. Um, we don't even know if it's real. Yeah, and, and it, one thing that we have to consider is that people pay for reviews as well. So it's like there there are people that are happy to get paid to go and write false reviews on things. And that's something that I think Amazon attacks, where when you buy a product uh, on Amazon, that you, that you, uh, you know, or, or, or when you use Amazon, it's like you can't, uh, leave a review unless you actually bought it, and I think that's that's a good that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to a company who sells on Amazon, and they were uh, talking about possibly offering like a rebate on their products if you left them a review after the fact. And I thought that's not a bad idea. Um, I don't know if it'll work or not, but it was interesting. I'm trying to get people to leave their reviews because Amazon does weight that very heavily um, if you're trying to sell on Amazon. So. Yeah, so right. I, I guess you do want to get a lot of reviews. And I, they were comparing vacuum cleaners, and they were saying how Dyson has hundreds and hundreds of thousands of reviews, and they've only got mere 100 or so, maybe. I don't know. And, yeah, they're like, how do we get more? You know, it's, I guess that's one way you can go about it, um, or including something when you ship it, like a QR code or something when you ship them their product, that they can easily leave you a review would be another way to go about it. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's, you know... It, an old tried and true, you know, method of, of communicating with customers is after you buy something, I don't know, like a washing machine or refrigerator, where then they say, hey, sign up for the warranty card 
you know, so, so, so they, they're asking you to mail something in so that you can get on their mailing list. I mean, that's really all they're doing. So in, in the digital age, it's like definitely, you know, um, smart sellers and manufacturers definitely want to stay connected to customers. Yes. So I, I think, I think the problem with the world we live in when we talk about reviews is that, uh, you know, we know how important reviews are to the business who's, who's offering services, products and services. So it's like, it's, it's in, it's in your interest to game it and to look at it as something that can be gamed and therein lies the problem. Now, here's a couple tricks. So if you're getting bad reviews on a Facebook page, you can actually just disable reviews altogether. Uh, so you won't actually have any reviews on your business. So that's actually possible, um, unless they change it. Um, last I checked, that was doable on Facebook. Now, Google's not that way. If you have a Google My Business, they're going to see your reviews. And so as far as getting reviews removed, which I've had to do for people on both places, um, Facebook's usually a little tougher, and Google's a little, usually a little easier. Um, Yelp is, is a nightmare. Usually on Yelp, you have to bury it with good reviews. Um, right. they're, they're that's a, a nightmare. strategy to dilute bad reviews with good reviews. Mm -hmm. But if you can do that's that's a good strategy too. And um, yeah. but if you're just getting started out, you know, and you've got I guess if you're just getting started out, you could probably know enough people personally to outweigh those one or two bad reviews with fake ones or friends and things like that to at least get you off the ground. And I'm only telling you this not so you can weaponize it. If you're <laughs> if you're doing bad business, I do not want you to do this. You deserve the bad reviews. But if you're a genuine good business right. and you just have some people trolling you or a competitor or you know anyone like that who's just trying to give you a hard time, you know, it's easy to get past the first couple, but if you're actually, you know, if you're getting reviews later on that are starting to affect you and you need to get them removed, I guess for whatever reason, um, yeah, you can report them on Google. They ask you for a reason and then you can try to uh, fight that and if it doesn't work sometimes you can report it from multiple accounts so if you have multiple gmail accounts you can go in and report those multiple times um so and i'm not sure exactly you're gaming it yeah exactly yeah you can game the system a little bit and the same thing with facebook facebook's kind of a nightmare um but i think the best ones i've had luck with is telling them that it's like irrelevant to your business and this is when somebody's flaming your business but they're not talking about the products or service they're just trashing right. you as an owner or your business or something about it and you can be like that's irrelevant and they never bought anything from me. Please remove it. And Facebook sometimes right. actually they, they do listen sometimes. So. Or you could just say, "Hey, uh, please fact check this." <laughs> eh, uh, see, see what I did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be funny. Uh, that'd be a good uh, name for a marketing company, uh, <laughs> like uh, one that does reputation management. Call it right. reputation check this or fact check reputation. I don't know. Okay. You, you, know, you know what's funny is that uh, this email. You know, reminds me of work that I did like 10, 15 years ago. It's it's like 10, 15 years ago, you know, when people first started worrying about reviews, you know, you could, you know, uh, dispute negative reviews and try and get them removed. And, and so to me, because I've been in the business for a while and I've seen, you know, uh, trends and spam come and go, this is just like, it's, it's like it's on a cycle. It's on a schedule. Okay. You know, this year we're going to talk about reputation management and next year it's going to be email marketing. And then, you know, and, and then we're going to get you to buy your domain name in Chinese because, Hey, you never know. <laughs> Why not? Right. Why not? You know, <clears throat> Chinese domain names in case you need to sell stuff in China. So, <laughs> you know, this, all this talk about reputation management reminds me because I've in the past worked with 
several different car dealerships at the same time and just a lot of car dealerships overall. Currently, I only work with one, um, and it's the best one I've ever worked with, so it good good that that one lasted and landed out. Um, some of the other ones I've worked with on and off, um, not so much. Some of these car dealerships were just, review-wise, were getting terrible reviews, so much so that I would go in to try to help them resolve one or two reviews, giving them the benefit of the doubt that, you know, they're good people, they seem friendly when I talk to them. And as I remove them, report them, and come back to check the next day, they've got two or three more bad ones. <laughs> like, yeah. well, it sounds like you just need to fix your business. Um, and customer service is a thing. And I've worked, I worked for an online retailer that they had horrible customer service. You'd buy a product, and it might take you a month to get it made and shipped to you. And it's, and it's like, ultimately, if you're getting bad reviews, you need to look at your business practices, right? Mm -hmm. you need no, to correct for sure. it and, and, and take it as a lesson and say, Hey, you know, let's, let's make this right. I mean, granted, some people are just gonna, are just gonna whine no matter what you do. And, and they're not going to like the product and service, you know, that happens, but it's like, just like you said, if, 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 if you scrub one bad review and get two more in its place, it's like, it's not a good sign. No, then there's probably something wrong at a deeper level <laughs> and reputation yeah, management is not going to help you. Right. Um, something's broken. And, but, but again, you know, that that's a good indicator. And, and I think that's the strength of reviews is that consumers, you know, if, if everything is, is, uh, is done fair and square and above board, then consumers should be getting, uh, an understanding of how reputable you are. Now I'm going to trash Yelp here for a second. Cause I really don't like that company. Not one bit. Um, Yelp I've, is yellow pages. That's what Yelp stands for. Yeah, I do not like this company. Um, they, they they loop small businesses. I've seen them. They loop them yes. into these contracts for like $900 a month or $1,500 a month. And they're not doing anything for them except quote unquote lead generation from their website and reputation management or whatever. Um, and these people end up paying through the nose and never getting anything. And then when they call to cancel it, that's the time where Yelp decides that, oh, we're going to tell you all the amazing stuff you're doing. And we're going to prove to you that the phone calls you got came from us. Um, and I've been on a phone call during this several times. Um, and I just, I despise it. I look at it and I'm like, no, the business owner knows that if it probably knows that this is working or not. Um, right. and if they're not getting any business and the only ones they're getting are from people who are referring them, they know it's not coming from you. Um, and right. Yelp is, they're like, sorry, you're locked into the contract or you have to break this. And they pull out all their fancy contracts and throw lawyers and into the mix. And like, they just try to really make sure they scare you into not being able to cancel, um, yeah, I, I remember the, the evolution of Yelp or, or when the Yellow Pages tried to go online because, you know, you got to think about it. You know, they used to have a rock solid business model that everyone would pay them 1500 bucks for for a full page ad, you know, in, in Yellow Pages and at least get a listing. You had to be listed in Yellow Pages back in the day. And I think that that, that in their struggle to compete with Google and, and everybody else online, that, that it's like, you know, uh, they've just gone through some 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 ugly transformations, and I you know I, I think that Yelp has a good product. I, I I think it works particularly for restaurants. I've seen it work with restaurants. They're good. They're good in that segment. But it's like I think like any organization like the old Yellow Pages, it's very sales heavy. So you're going to have lots of people all around the country, you know, with aggressive sales or aggressive contracts. And I, so, so I think as a, as a company, you know, it's up to them to marshal that and to make sure that their reputation management is uh, is being taken care of. Mm -hmm. 
I actually you know, have, I have a very specific story I can talk about with Yelp and businesses. And um, I was, I came across a pet groomer, like a dog groomer. And I, I wasn't trying to solicit. I actually just brought it up casually because I have a dog and she had some good reviews that I saw on Facebook. And so I brought my dog in for a haircut and then started using her uh, for over the course of like a couple of years. And cool. great, great service. And she, I found out she was plugged into Yelp. And they were charging her uh, around a thousand dollars or more a month, um, which was more than her rent on the building, wow. and she wasn't getting anything from it. And so she's told me, despite having pretty steady customers, she was making no money. She couldn't afford to hire someone to help her, and she couldn't take on she couldn't take on anymore. So she was kind of stagnant. So I I actually got on the phone with her and Yelp and got her out of got her out of the contract somehow took it took a lot of work but we managed to get her out of it i then took her website and seo'd it. it was just some basic search engine optimization nothing fancy making sure all her metadata is correct and she had some some headings and keywords on her homepage, and then connected all her social media to it and let her go and over time she became so busy really rapidly within a few months she was so busy just due to referrals and people talking about her and leaving her positive reviews the power of these reviews was crazy they left her reviews on google and they left them on facebook and we didn't need yelp for anything um that that is wonderful and, and i think i think that 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 uh, illustrates a point that i that i say time and time again that your website is the thing that you own and if you rely on any one service like yelp or facebook or even you know or pinterest or what or whatnot it's it's like you don't own that account you know it's an account uh, you may pay for it, like in the case of Yelp and 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 this lady with a thousand dollar a month marketing budget. But it but it's like, um, uh, you know, I, I think owning your website and 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 managing it and continually putting TLC into it to make sure that it's functioning is mm -hmm. critical. You you have to own your website. Yeah, and as a startup, like the last, I don't know. This is this depending on your budget, right? If you have a big budget, you can afford to waste a few dollars here and there here and there so it depends who you are and you know your budget and you know your business and you know you know I, another one is groupon i'm actually just gonna jump topics here and talk about groupon for a second yeah, because they yeah have you ever had any run-ins with them not really i honestly i don't have a lot of clients that have, that have used it so i, mean, I was I, I was working with a gaming lounge mm -hmm. um and uh, i worked with them for years and when we first started out they had and this haunted them for years they signed up with Groupon, and I don't remember the length of the contract, but it, it went for quite a while, and they got tons of people coming in off the Groupon. And so what Groupon does is they basically do a discount, and you can use Groupon, and, and the idea is that you get a bunch of customers that come in, and you don't really make any money on it. Uh, Groupon takes a cut, and then by the time you see any of it, it's you don't really make much money, but you're getting customers you wouldn't all already have. And these customers can then leave your reviews or now they know about you and they might again use your service after that so this isn't something you'd use as like uh a, a screening company if you're windows you know screens or windows or you know something that's like a one-off service that you're not looking to get repeat service from anytime soon this is more like right. selling uh i don't know not even really selling products i guess selling products that are reusable but this worked for maybe, the gaming lounge yeah. Because well, you would first... come over and over again to play. And so it was an hourly rate and you would come again to play. So it was okay for them to do something like this. But we'll speed up the story. <clears throat> this haunted them because they signed up for it. And they were not allowed to turn away a Groupon due to the contract. 
And so what happened was people would come in, customers that were already their customers, and then buy a Groupon, and they would make no money on the people that had already found out about them prior to using the Groupon. The Groupon didn't get them wow. new customers. They were just their current customers were using the Groupon. Right. Um, and, and Groupon has all these rules and stuff you have to follow, and you're not allowed to cancel on them, and you have to honor it for so long afterwards. So the moment that contract had ended, they ran as fast as they could in the opposite direction. Um, so I yeah. would warn you anybody about using Groupon. I'd warn anybody about using Yelp. Look into it. Make sure that's really what you want to do, because in some cases it might be good for your business. I'm not saying it's not good for anybody, but just be careful, because you get looped into these things where you're spending tons of money, um, and it might bite you in the butt. You know, it might not really help you. I think that years ago when Groupon first came out, I tried to use it as a consumer and I just didn't like it. It's it's like uh, for whatever reason. So so because it because it didn't work for me, I didn't try to use it or anything. But that that contracts are are crazy. It's it's like um, it's first off for an advertiser to say spend a thousand dollars a month or, or for for a, a retail uh, you know service provider. Or a, or a retailer for them to spend a thousand bucks a month on marketing that's not crazy you know it's like you have to advertise if you don't have customers you have to find vehicles that work for you mm -hmm. but it's like to have a contract that locks you into something that might not work that's scary and so and so it, it's easy to understand why you would shy away from advertising or digital advertising if you have a couple bad experiences like this you could easily be like you know that's a horrible idea i'll never do that again but man to get locked into a contract is is just a bad idea yeah i think so i i never like to give problems without answers i think that's terrible if all if we come on a podcast and all we do is tell you things not to do uh, that's not helpful to you i mean it is but right you need to know what to do you know so what's what should a business do then if they're not going to use services like this you know what what do we recommend they do Obviously, we've shot lots of different episodes, and we talk about all these different topics of things you can do, and we usually tell you if they work or not or ways you could do them better. Um, but as, as far as hiring things and trying different things, um, there are a lot of options out there that do not lock you into long-term contracts. There are even some options out there that have free trials. Um, and I'd say that you know, no matter what size business you are, small, medium, or large, uh, growing your own ability to market is look at it from that perspective. And what I mean by this is, uh, if you're collecting emails or information from customers or phone numbers, um, these, these kinds of things that you collect will help you to further market in the future. And it builds you. Uh, building your social media following builds up your company. Um, these are things building reviews builds up your company. Um, right. Growing your following, you're growing. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm, that's time well spent. Like, you know, I, I'm of the same mindset. I think your website, you have to have a place that you point everything to. You know, just pointing someone to a Facebook page has proven to be a bad idea because Facebook can alter the traffic and send your traffic somewhere else. And, and you can spend all this time driving people to your Facebook only for, for that traffic to disappear. Whereas you should always be promoting your website and always be using social media to drive to your website. Uh, that's one thing I hate to see when someone comes to your website and you immediately send them off to Pinterest or send them off to Instagram because it's like, no, 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 you, you got them to your website. That's the goal. That's step one. Get people to your website, right? Yes. That's so, actually something that I see on a lot of um, content creators and a lot of other places too. They will, when you land on their website, they will then have huge buttons and huge call to actions that take you away from their website to social media. Yes. 
And, and it's like you just spent all this energy to get people to your website, and now you're immediately going to say, "Hey, go look at the pretty pictures I have on my on my uh, Pinterest account." It's like, don't do that. It should work the in the opposite direction. Right. So and, yeah, because when you send them to a social media site, you send them to even to leave you a review somewhere or anything, um, you lose control of, of where that person can go next for the most part. Um, and they're going to get right. distracted by other things while they're there. While they're on your website, that's the moment that you can monetize. And the longer, you know, whether you're trying to monetize them with a call to action on the website or whether you're trying to monetize the website itself from traffic and time spent on the website and statistics like that, either way, you kind of want them on your website. Um, now, there's exceptions to every rule, so maybe there are exceptions where you do want to bounce them to your social media to have a huge following. And I would say that an exception that comes to mind is people who are social media influencers who get a lot of free stuff sent to them, or, or they even charge people to send them stuff, and then they show it off and review it. Then maybe you want to send them to your social media, but that's very niche. Um, that's not going to be the average business. And the average business, your social media icons on your website are not that important. You can make them very small and hide them off to the side because once they've landed on the website, you need to be doing other stuff with those people. Um, yeah, it's, it, you should be converting them into a customer. You know, you, sh you should be at least getting them to inquire more, seeing what, seeing your services and offerings, and and really, you know, choosing you as opposed to now, you know, hey, welcome to my site. Now go look and find someone else that does the same service. So it's like, so and, all right. And, so, and so, so now and that I think that's what Facebook, for instance, is good at. Is mm -hmm. taking that traffic and then driving it to paid advertisers instead of you, right? Exactly. You're going to hit them with a bunch of other stuff to look at and distract them, and then now they forgot about you. And you know, social media is distracting enough. So getting them yeah. back. Good luck getting them back to your website or helping them find your phone number after they bounced on social media. So now, so let's say that they stayed on your website. You know, what should they be doing on your website, and how do you keep them there? Um, well, you can keep them there with better, you know, creative content, things that they're interested in or learning. You could keep them there with a call to action that pushes them to leave their information so that they can contact you or you can contact them or that they can just immediately call you or book you or whatever you're trying to do. One thing that's underutilized that I kind of was leading into this was uh, chat boxes and stuff. Having a way to chat from your website where people can type into a chat box or a chat service and talk to you or talk to someone that works for you. I think that's really underutilized. I don't see nearly enough companies using it. Um, oh, yeah. Or, or even scheduling an appointment. Like if you're a service provider, it's like I love to deploy stuff like that where it's like, hey, you know, you, you look at our website, you saw the pitch. It's like schedule schedule 15 minutes and we can chat more. Yeah. And that's, and, then, and that's something like, you know, if you hire your buddy to do your website or you buy a cheap one pre-made from GoDaddy or whatever, you might not get these kinds of features where they can actually go in and book you specifically and pay for it all right there that's like those are deluxe features you know or they don't need to be deluxe features but those are things you want on your website that's going to really take your business to the next level um as well as the i really like the chat thing the chat thing i think is pretty yeah. helpful um because people do like to talk in chat boxes and they will ask you questions um and that's a fast way for them to be non-committal about getting your information from you they don't have to call Absolutely. you yeah they can just sometimes it can even be anonymous and they can just you know, type in their name and ask you how much are things or what hours are open, you know, or, you know, right. anything. I, I, I know I use that a lot for like tech support where it's like, you want to chat, you want to get a quick answer. But the first thing they do is say, Hey, what's your email? So I can, you know, reach back just in case we're disconnected. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> More like, so you can sell it to everybody and spam exactly. me with reputation management, management emails. I, that, that's the thing that it's that it's like Google and Facebook and Amazon are so good at taking your information 
and your likes and dislikes and marketing and selling that data, you know, that, it, that it's like everybody else is trying to figure out that too. And it's just going to become more and more prevalent until it's like minority report and they know what ads to throw at you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny. I was having this discussion just recently about Facebook and, it, and it's like, Facebook is not a place to share your photos and chat with your friends and family. Facebook exists to determine which ads to serve you. It's an ad server network. That's exactly what it does. And it's a multi-billion dollar profitable ad serving network. And that's what Facebook is. Yes, I watched... Oh, man, I don't have time to go on this, but I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos on uh, social networks and marketing and things like that that have to do with... um, you know what works and why do these big tech companies do what they're doing and it's crazy because mm-hmm. they attack it from a psychological level um, right and that's what i've been watching i've been watching some of the psychology behind marketing or psychology behind what big tech is doing right now um, and they are so dialed in they've got your number they know everything about you and they know how to get to you and they've run all the science projects and they have all the research uh, they know what's right. most effective so you have to like, like pandora knows that if you like uh the Eagles and Led Zeppelin, you're more prone to buy a Honda. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like they make all these influences, you know, uh, oh, yeah. because of all the data. And it's like, and that's how they sell stuff. Pandora is a monster. It's it's incredible how, how everything is data mined like that. And it's all about what are your, your particular preferences? Uh, e- even on Facebook, you know, I hate it. I see all these social engineering questions where it's like, Hey, what are your three favorite movies? And what are your favorite quotes from your favorite movies? Or it's it's like stuff like that. People are liter- literally data mining you and stop giving them the information because you know, you're the product. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, now another one of these uh, videos I'm watching following this guy on YouTube, he covered the topic. It was very marketing related, but this isn't an adult topic. I'll try to keep it G rated. Um, but just fair warning, this this is an adult website for the most part. Um, and he covered it and was explaining the psychology behind why people would pay for something that's free. So <clears throat> there's a website out there, and I've heard about it. Um, I actually heard about it from uh, actors and actresses through my wife who told me about it because she heard about it from them. And it's uh, quite quite trendy, apparently. And... Not a website I recommend going to, um, but it's called OnlyFans. Have you heard about OnlyFans? I have not. So it's basically a website where you can, it's like an Instagram website or something where you can actually post videos and pictures of yourself. You can charge people to look at them. So you can imagine how that can get very adult topic-y. So what happens is if they follow and subscribe you, say say you're a person, you're putting up pictures of yourself that are not G-rated, if they subscribe to you, they can now see the pictures as before they were hidden. Um, and then some stuff still blurred out. Well, then they can pay to unlock these blurs and you make money doing this. So it's basically like a stripper, you know, internet hooker website that's being used this way. It's crazy because the way that it was really set up, you know, I, I know the developers had this in mind to do this with the website. They clearly did because they run a sister website that does similar stuff. So that's how they're trying to monetize it through this method. But there are people who are uh, yoga instructors and other things um, that that show you visual stuff, exercise, people who do exercise programs that also use the website. And you can see how this could be used for good um, for content unlocking and creation and stuff. And it helps you unlock different levels and get people who, who pitch you. And you can talk to them. 
well, it's, it's being used for something else. Um, and so the, the question was, why would people go through all these hoops to look at something that's been for free on the internet ever since the beginning of time? And we'll talk about nudie stuff here. You can get that for free on the internet since the internet came out, basically. So why is this company able to monetize it in such a way? And it actually has to do with the psychology of uh, unlocking things. So you, you do something right. and you, you unlock something. So you've accomplished something. Um, it's taking effort and you feel more rewarded for it. You also feel exclusive because you're now exclusive because you're one of the people who've done this. You've unlocked it. You know, uh, just the way an iPhone works, it's all these tiny little micro pleasures from the sounds that the beeps make to all the interactions that you have. It's, it's all about all these tiny little uh, instant gratifications. Mm -hmm. And and that's and that's why we love our phones so much because our phone is constantly saying you're awesome you're great look how cool you are you're using you're using an apple you know what I mean yes I and, I miss the days psychology. I miss I, I the mean, days when we didn't have phones attached to us or when they were much simpler so right. it's it's quite crazy now and and I actually miss the days before social media as someone who works on social media every single day. Uh, I do not like social media one bit. I wish it didn't exist. Um, and that's also, I, all right. So I'm so dating myself. I, I have been building the internet for money since 1994. And it's <laughs> bingo. Like, yeah. We have to get bingo cards and hand them out for whenever, yeah, whenever there, we yeah, say certain you. stuff on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. But, but it's like in 1992, I was building a, a bulletin board game that was all ASCII characters. And, and it's like, and back then, uh, when when the internet was just sort of emerging, it was amazing. It was you could talk to to anybody because you know it, it wasn't commercialized. Uh, there wasn't um, filters. It's like people didn't know. You just chatted with people, and I remember chatting with Aaron Brockovich. And I remembered uh, um, I got you know I, I was I was like just out of college, and 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 I got I was invited to Atlanta for Shaw Carpet, which is like a ginormous carpet company and they wanted me to pitch against two other advertising agencies to get to you know to build a website because we built websites back then and it was crazy how open and wonderful it was that you could just communicate with people without being sold stuff it was it was remarkable that it's nice that's nice when, when you know <laughs> it was been... you could you could find people and if they happened to be online you could just have a discussion because mm -hmm. it's not like they were getting hundreds of garbage emails you know when someone reached out and asked you a question it was relevant you chatted with them and it was it was it was pretty neat definitely you know we don't have time to talk about everything today but i would like to on a future episode talk a little bit about product brokering and getting products into stores and getting them on shelves or selling them online even in store but oh, also online um, i recently came across uh walmart drop shipping and like i knew they did this but it just didn't really occur to me instead until I started really looking into it that Walmart actually offers a service just like Amazon, where right. if you're a seller, you can sell on Walmart uh, right off their website. Um, and, and that well, hey, hey, uh, hey, rein in the ADHD just for a minute. So, so what was the story you were you were talking about this crazy site? Oh and yes. how they monetize it. And it was all about the psychology of. Uh... Yeah, sorry, sorry. We're gonna say the other thing teaser. That's gonna be a future <laughs> episode. Yeah, so this website, OnlyFans, and the yeah. YouTube guy. I'm gonna go ahead and give him a shout out because I'm stealing some of his, some of his uh, awesome ideas and topics here. Um, cool. It's Charisma on Command, um, and he 
Charisma on Command. He talks all about ways to make people like you, things to say, or things to watch out for when people are trying to sell you stuff. He covers some marketing stuff. He's like, anything psychology-wise, you know, he does all kinds of cool stuff. And he's just really casual about it, and he has a good heart about it. Because at the end of this video, he goes on, and the second reason that this this website, the first reason was they make you jump through hoops and you unlock stuff and you're accomplishing things. Um, and he explains it better than I do. Um, that's one yeah, reason that they are... It's like you're playing a game. It's like you're leveling. Yes, yes. Unlocking things. Yes. And the second reason is uh, had to do with the personal relationship side of it. So you're interacting with a person on social media, basically, now on this website, who can talk to you. And when you follow them, you're allowed to talk to them. And if you unlock certain levels and pay them, you're allowed to get access to specific videos or you can ask for personal videos if you pay enough. You can even chat with them live. So they have this very personal connection and the person will talk to you. And not only that, but there's actually communities around it where if you can see other people and talk to the other people that are also following this person. So right. he said that he was doing this purely for experimental purposes and he does not recommend ever going to the website, but he was doing this for an episode and he would send a message in and they would be so interested in what he has to say. And that's part of the sales topic. So it preys on the fact that, you know, you want someone to talk to. It preys on whatever, you know, this is getting very deep. And I don't want really to go this deep into psychology. But they're preying on, on something, on needs or wants or desires. Um, and they're able to uh, make it more personal. That's I guess that's what they're doing. They're making it more personal yeah. and more it's, interactive it's, for you. More than just going and getting something for free. That. It's, it's, it's like the concept of celebrity, the cult of personality. When you actually have an interaction with a celebrity, it's like you share it and you want to say, Hey, I met this person and it was cool. And look what happened. And, and I guess if you're a celebrity, you know, that's something that's, that they're trying to monetize and bank on, you know? Yes. So, and so, and so this guy, well, he ends the video and he says, which is why I would recommend watching his YouTube channel. Um, if you want to learn this kind of stuff, cause he, in the end he says, you know, he obviously recommends never using these sorts of services and stuff. And he says that you should spend your time developing real relationships with real people and you'll get more out of it. And I 100% agree with that. Uh, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, whatever it is, it's harder. You know, you're not doing the quick and easy way. It's harder, right. but it's Instant more rewarding. Let me, pay, let me pay and get to know some Hollywood B-lister. And wow, isn't this exciting? Right. This person's interested yeah. in me and they just, they make me feel good about myself because I'm, you know, I can just pay them to do that. And I don't have to put in the work to actually make someone feel that way about me. I don't have to put in yeah, the I, work I, to actually be likable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's laziness, it. you know, it's it pay is. for instant gratification. Instant money gratification and, and it's, and it's super lazy and it's just, you know, you can't blame this on COVID. Our whole society has been going in this direction. And, and I think that, I think that, everybody's just so lonely and it shouldn't be that way. It's like, go outside and meet people, you know? Yes. Yep. It's like, li live your life, have a wonderful life and go do things with people and, and, you know, get outside, you know, get a little sun, get a little vitamin D through the sunshine. And that's how it's supposed to work. You know, that, that's funny. One of the, one of the um, home remedies or, you know, or pre preventatives for um, COVID is vitamin D and literally it's go out and get some sun. Right. Take your shirt off and mow the lawn. Go for a run. Yeah, go for a walk. Exactly. You know? Find a way exactly. to get some sunshine on yourself. Exactly. It's it's like man. It's it's like you know we, we we've got to correct society because because we're we're just missing out. Everybody's so lonely, and it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Yep. And social media doesn't help, and phones don't help. But 
sometimes there are things called necessary evils in life and you have to do some of these things for marketing purposes because you need to grow your business but once they walk in the door you can make that personal connection with them which is going to go way farther than anything else you've done up to that point yeah exactly like like i think word of mouth you know getting a customer that that you absolutely serve and they love your product and then they tell somebody which is the nature of reviews i think is it's just the ultimate way to grow your business. It's one person at a time, sort of face-to-face, -face, transactional. I, I think I think that you I think there's no easy way to bypass that. Yep. This is this is gonna be a nice full circle here. We covered a lot of topics. You reined you reined me in a little bit before I took us down more <laughs> rabbit holes. <laughs> it's hard not to sometimes. You just ideas pop in our head and we're like, oh, that'd make a great topic. And we will, we will, we will circle back to all these other great topics. Um, we'll do some episodes on uh, selling stuff online and uh, and all kinds of cool stuff in the future. If you'd like to hear something sooner or specifically, drop us a line. Send us an email at marketingmasterspodcast at gmail .com, or hit us up on Facebook at marketingmasters podcast yes at marketing masters podcast um i mean that, that's all i have for today i'm ready to, to wind this up are you ready to get out of here eric yeah that was a good one we, we rambled a bit but i think we brought it brought it uh, to brought it to the finish line this has been casual conversations with dj and eric <laughs> all right seriously we'll see you guys next time thanks for listening tell a friend about us and uh have a great week <laughs>